All right, we're here with the Canadian Eagle himself, <laughs> the man, the myth, the all-star basketball player, yeah. the all-star improviser. You know him, you love him, Marty Burtwell. Hey. 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 <laughs> What's up, Marty? Ah, uh, it's good to be here, man. Thanks. Yeah. yeah good, to, good to have you. I really enjoy your podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, Marty's from Canada. Mm-hmm. Marty plays on um, Kmart... Bald, is that the name bald, of it? Bald, bald is the other one, yeah. Tom, Tom McGallan. Mm-hmm. Are you any other teams right now? Uh, bad Finger. Bad Finger. And uh, that's it. Nice. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> How old were you when, you when you first moved to the U.S. officially? Uh, 50. 50, wow. 50 years old, yeah. And so, right, okay, I'm, right now you're 58. I'm 58. Yeah, yeah, yes, which a lot of people will be like, oh. Oh, what? Because you look very, you're very uh, healthy for your age. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I um, I do. I take care of myself now. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm a late bloomer in a lot of things in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So you, like, you do you bike every single day? Yeah. Every, uh, every morning I wake up, have a quick cup of coffee and uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Wow. And put on my, uh, whatever I'm going to listen to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then... I, uh, yeah, serious and, uh, boom, two and a half hours, two hours. I try to get, uh, I've used a, Z, I forget the uh, word. It starts with a Z. It's the app, the cycling app that shows mm. you, you know, I should know this because I use it every single morning. Yeah. Zenof, no, it's not that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so it, uh, as soon as I hit like at least a thousand calories, I've burnt. Or uh, 20 miles, whatever comes first. Dang. But there are a few days. I missed nine days so far this year. But then the following day, I'll try to uh, I'll get, to go to 28 miles and 1,400 calories or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's become, you know, on January 1st of this year, I just said, uh, you know, let's do a resolution that you might be able to uh, do besides, you know, not listening to Duran Duran this year. You mm-hmm. know, like it's something that's mm-hmm. going to be good for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so far it's gone great. So so that's a new thing. Just this, there's this first, just this past year is the first time you've like cycled like consecutively yeah. like this. Yeah. I uh, started last December though, because I, I had... <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I had a roommate. I had a roommate for the first time in 25 years. This yeah. girl I met at a, a yoga I was going to, and I was about to move out and I um of my apartment and I had a new place. And then I saw her at this coffee place. She says, "Do you know anybody who's looking for a roommate?" And I said, "No." And she said, and then she gave me the rundown of the place. And I went and saw it was a really nice townhouse in Pacific Beach. And I said, "Well, sure, yeah." And you know the price was amazing. And then. You know, next thing I know, it's probably the worst experience of my life. Yeah, I've never heard about this. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It was awful. It was like three, just about three and a half months. It was really. What, I, what was bad? Tell me. Oh, it's just. I mean, like how, a, how old was this person? She's thirty-two. Okay. Yeah, and she gave me like the interview, and we, yeah, we we hit it off, and there I talked to her like at yoga quite a bit. We were like really, mm-hmm. you know, we and I. Wow, you close that door, you have no idea who you're living yeah. with. I mean, like if uh, we split the fridge, like one side of the fridge was her stuff, and the other side was my stuff, and mm. and I guess I had a little um, a little vinaigrette dressing had uh, found its way onto the wall of the uh, of the fridge. You know, myself, and a lot of people I know, I hang with for the wood, just wiped that off and maybe got rid of it that way. She took a picture of it and sent it to me. Oh, my gosh. That was week three, and I went, uh-oh. Oh, man. <laughs> and that, yeah, and then it got worse and stuff like that. Yes. And then, 
And then her mom, she went away for two weeks. I went, oh, finally, I got a little break. And she says, oh, by the way, my mom will be staying here for the two weeks. I went, what? Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, so January 1st, I moved out, and everything became a lot better. And that's why I said I have to do something for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So you burn 1,000 calories a day. Yeah. And I still, yeah. I've lost like nine pounds. You've lost nine pounds? <laughs> nine, ten pounds, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's just, you know. I mean, but then like you can, I mean, do you just eat whatever you want then? Well, I shouldn't because I'm old. Yeah. And so. Yeah, so it's it's really tough. I mean, like anyone else burning a thousand calories over this amount of time, you know, they'd be, you know, ripped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I still, I, I'm a late night eater. I just can't get mm, rid of that. Yeah. Nice. All right. So. Yes. You were 50 when you moved to the U.S. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so just eight years ago. So, uh, and I imagine you had visited the U.S. plenty of times before. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, from Vancouver yeah. in Canada, which is about uh, 150 miles from Seattle. Yeah. And uh, grew up on, you know, Seattle television. Because mm. we had three stations in Canada. Like we had CBC, CTV, which are pretty much the major three. Yeah. Or two, excuse me. But then growing up, we had the Seattle. So we had CBS, ABC, and NBC. And that's what we watched. We watched what every, you know, American. And I was really Americanized. And, uh, you know, I'd watch the American sports. And, uh, yeah, we were really, our vacations was always in Washington State. And we'd go down to the Seahawks games and so on. Yeah, we were really, yeah. Growing up, sports were pretty big for us, for me at least. So what... um what was what led to the decision to move to the U.S. then? Um, I was 50, uh, and my mom had just passed. Yeah. Uh, I'd been drinking a lot during my 40s. 40s yeah. were a, a lousy decade for me. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it's, you know, it's not the whole, it was all black, but you know, it, yeah. it was tough. It was up and downs. I could, couldn't get sober. It was really, really tough. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, my mom. My mom just. Um, yeah, my mom just passed. She just passed in also of Alzheimer's, it or dementia, and um, when in February of that year, and uh, and yeah, I just said uh, it was just like uh, I was lost, and I uh, and I I'd va- I was Vancouvered out. I'd been like it, it was you know gray and a lot of rain, and you know I, I just couldn't get sober there, and I called my friend up. Who I uh, have known for like almost forty-five years. At that particular time, we we grew up together as like little kids, you know, playing sports together in our little cul-de-sac. And mm-hmm. he had moved down to Arizona, mm-hmm. married an American girl. And uh, I said, "What's it like?" He said, "Move down here." So I just, you know, I um, I decided in uh, about four months later, um, sold what I had, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just uh, moved down for about uh, six months. And, uh, and yeah, the blue sky, everything changed. And what really changed was on the way down here, like I'd been sober for about five months. Mm-hmm. I hadn't drank and all of a sudden I was in my first night. I was driving, uh, from Vancouver to, and all of a sudden I go to Medford, Oregon. And, you know, I'm 12 hour drive and my, you know, I was either go, you know, I was going to go to an AA meeting, 
tuck it in and go and so i uh i'm just about to turn right into my motel six and boom i get rear-ended and i get out of the car it's just like you know it's like a write-off and and you know i look up oh oh you god oh yeah. so next thing i know do i turn left to an AA meeting or right to a bar and of course i go to the bar nice. <laughs> yeah because you know oh everyone's out to get me yeah. i was in that world you know where right. everyone's out to get me and yeah it wasn't a healthy place. And uh, so, yeah, it was supposed to take me three days to drive from Vancouver uh, to Phoenix. Uh, it took me about 17 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was from Medford, Oregon, too. So I right. had a head start. So, uh, yeah, I just I uh, just drank, parked hotel and all the way down. And uh, I had two cats with me at the time, too. <laughs> yeah, it was not pretty. So when I landed in Phoenix... When I finally got there, um, yeah, I didn't know anyone, you yeah. know, and my friend had his family life and I was drunk and, um, yeah, it was just, whoa. So I, uh, I drank for another month there and then I looked for some help and I went to AA and they do AA a lot different down here than in Canada, mm. I find. I mean, it's still the basics, but I found a group of guys that, you know, had, they talked about other things besides the program, mm -hmm. which was really refreshing to mm -hmm. me. Like, oh, you guys play sports. Oh, you guys mm -hmm. do this. Oh, you go to movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And that was really attractive to me. So I was able to get sober with these guys. And yeah. and then um, then my six months ran out because I didn't have a visa. So I had to find a way. What's going to be the easiest way to, for me to get back down there? Because I went back to Vancouver for uh, the summer. And it turned out I, I could get a visa by going back to school. Mm -hmm. So uh, next thing you know, I'm... Uh, I'm a freshman. Yeah. <laughs> I took the fresh out of freshman, put that way. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I went to Scottsdale Community Card College, home of the Fighting Artichokes, and I signed up for four years. <laughs> fighting Artichokes. Fighting Artichokes. Is that yeah. real? I swear it is, yeah. Yeah, because you want to hear a little quick yeah. one on how. You know. um, so when the school was established in 1969, uh, the uh, the scholars said no, not there's not going to be a sports program. And of course, the jocks say, well, yeah, because we're in Arizona. This is you know, so okay, okay, we'll give you this though. Uh, we'll, we get the name, we'll give you the nickname and all the school school colors. So it was the Fighting Artichokes, and uh, they never changed it. And the school colors were silver, pink, and green. <laughs> they took the pink out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it is good. Nice. Okay, so um. All right. So then, had you had a had drinking like been a problem for a long time, or did it like was it a problem right from the beginning, or like did it become a problem at some point, like as far as you noticed? Okay, this is oh yeah too much. Yeah, it uh, yeah it, everything that went wrong. Like I the the more I look back and stuff like that. Like I didn't even like it. Like I didn't like partying. Like it, when I was in high school. You know, like a lot of the guys would, you know, and I wasn't really into it. Mm -hmm. I think what happened was just separation. Like when I got separated from my original group of friends, when, because my, uh, you know, I went back to college at 50 and uh, mm -hmm. they were, you know, they were doing college when they're supposed to be doing it when they're 18, 19 years old. And my grades weren't good enough uh, to go with them. Mm -hmm. So I went to the world of the restaurant business. Mm. And, uh, you know, a lot of drinking there and stuff like that. And uh, I would drink anywhere, I think. Because yeah. I, I just never felt... never I never found a place where I went uh, comfortable in my own skin. Mm -hmm. yeah, I always had to... 
um, you know, I would hide behind the booze or I'd hide it behind jokes. I, I never, I always had problem like saying or showing who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was always embarrassed maybe of who I was or yeah. not good enough. Like even like in your 30s and 40s or? Um, no, just at the start. But then it got to the point where, I mean, this is just who I am and I accepted I'm going to be like a drunk for the rest of my life. Mm. And that sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and because <clears throat> I, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I, I tried, you know, I tried the AA and, you know, you have to, you have to really uh, want it. And I, I didn't know if I wanted to do it. You know, I didn't know if you I, wanted to get sober. I wanted to get sober, but I didn't want to go that way. I like, like, or you didn't want to go to AA. Or? Yeah, okay. that was the <laughs> AA thing. And you know, it, you know, the other, you'll hear about the rock bottom stuff like that. I hit my rock bottom in Arizona, but it was just I, you know, I hate the word functioning alcoholic because you know it's such. Am I really functioning for who? Am I functioning for my boss? Am I functioning for my friends? Right. I doubt it. You know, I could get up and do it and fake it but i wasn't the best person i wasn't the person that they hired yeah. i wasn't the the brother that they wanted I, you know yeah that type of thing yeah well i want to hear about rock bottom <clears throat> rock bottom if you're willing to share rock bottom was in phoenix and yeah. i um yeah i i set up hard and uh that's probably about week three of uh continuous drinking waking up uh uh, you know, make sure there is uh, vodka in the freezer. You know, I was waking up and having to, you know, just to calm the nerves down. And drinking you know, when you woke up. W- woke wow. up, yeah. And I'd been there with a mo- and uh, I had money because, uh, um, you know, unfor- unfortunate way of getting money because uh, I could never save anything because I was always, you know, from job to job. But uh, yeah, when my mom was passing, there was a couple, of, you know, some money, so I was able to uh, go down there and not work. But I could, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd make sure there was, um, you know, drink, mm-hmm. smokes. And, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, here I am. I got money. I got an apartment in uh, Tempe, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And for the whole month, I slept on the floor. I didn't have a piece of furniture because I couldn't function. I couldn't. I had two pillows and I think maybe like a uh, a blanket from one of the moving things. Like yeah. I think I had a U-Haul blanket, <laughs> yeah. two cats who were eating, you know, Triscuits and yeah. it, it was, yeah. Yeah. It's a picture I look back from. I take a step back and I look at where I am now and yeah. it's only eight years ago. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. So that was rock bottom then? That was rock bottom, yeah. It was, um, oh, no, I fell off a bar stool, mm-hmm. uh, uh, hit my head, yeah, as you do. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting and getting escorted out. Uh, and I woke up in a bush. Uh, I, I guess I didn't, somehow I lost some money and uh, I didn't have any money for the taxi. And I guess he threw me out. And I woke up in the bush and I didn't know where I was. Dang. Yeah. And no shoes. And so no, shoes. no shoes. He lost your shoes. No, so <laughs> shoeless Joe Jackson and Tip here. Not the Black Sox scandal. It was the blackout scandal. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I got home somehow, like about nine hours later. And um, the next following day when I could function, I, I made it through a day without a drink and I went to a meeting the following day yeah yeah nice and that was september excuse me october 10th 2000 2011 there you go yeah 
Yeah. yeah. Which is now tattooed on your arm. Yes, it is. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. A um, couple things. One, God, that, that reminds me similar of a similar story of mine where I, I was actually like, this is on a work trip with a work people, and I went to a we went to a bar and like I somehow I just got so drunk and like I blacked out a little bit. I, I remember I was like in the corner, like on a chair, barely like falling asleep or like just like passing out. And yeah. like apparently, like this is my coworker. I mean, like the the owner of the bar was like, "You got to get him out of here. Like he can't just be like passing out, you know." And so like they had to like send me home and an like in an Uber, I think, or like something. And like I just like barely remember it. And I remember just being. That's one of the things where I was like, I'm so embarrassed. That, like I lost that much control of myself. Where like I'm like can't even stay conscious in a bar yeah. and like in front of coworkers. It's just like as those. That doesn't happen often, but like it's one of the things where you just start to feel like, okay, that's that's too much. Yeah, like, this is like shameful. Like this is, I don't want to view myself that way or that kind of person. And yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, we're not we're not supposed to do that to ourselves. Yeah, no, it's, and I I get it. Like something about for me, alcohol. God, I was reading something in a book recently, and I can't remember. Damn it! But like what it does, um, what certain drugs do to you. And like, this one was like, for me, drinking was like, it relaxed me. And like, it took like this, if there's this aura of anxiety Mm -hmm. or existential dread that manifests at just a low, low grade anxiety, inhibition, fear, it just kind of dispels all of that. And like, you feel, or like, I would feel like, almost like my best self for like a, a moment of like, I'm not afraid of anything and like there's no inhibition here. And so like that part, in addition to lots of other things that it did, was really like I became like, I like that because I'm not feeling any kind of um, like negative emotion. Yeah. Um, which is bad because like, it's not that the, that stuff goes away or that you overcome it. It just somehow just numbs that or I, I don't know, the alcohol does something. And so I can see how definitely how that becomes addicting or like just nice but like it's like a momentary thing and then like you go too far and then it's just like that stuff doesn't go away or like you're not dealing with it you're just kind of numbing it or i don't know you're burying it yeah yeah it's, it's a great it's great for the moment it takes care of a few moments mm-hmm. but uh, i mean like the first drink for me that's the, that's my that's the thing and but that goes you know the second drink you know it's you know it doesn't do anything because it's already the bearing of your feelings are slowly, you know, going down, down, mm-hmm. down. You're pushing them down, pushing them down, you know, and the, and the drink just, you know, the more you drink, the more it gets buried. And then when you get sober, you get to chisel that shit away, which mm-hmm. is very scary. But um, the results are amazing. Yeah. And when you can look at yourself and for the first time, really, you know, at 50 years old, it was the first time I could be honest and, and uh, realize that, you know, not everything was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you still go to AA? No, I don't. No. No. And then uh, you, don't, you, don't see, you see a therapist? No, no, I don't. Hopefully one day you can because... The therapist? Yeah. I want to do a therapist. You should do it. You I should. should. You should find a way to, 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 to do it because um, I think, well, I think literally everybody should 
go to therapy at some point in their life, um, even if you don't feel like you should, because it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's it's nice to have somebody else, like you know, um, objectively there, helping, guiding you, directing you, making it clear. You know, it's not like they're like a shaman. You know, that's not magic where they just like, but it's just like it. It's like a coach or just somebody guiding you through. You know, self discovery, mm-hmm. the um, all the things that you know you, that are e- like deep within you that you need to sort out, and then like also ways to like positively deal with those things and cope with you know, um, and just work through. And, 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 anyway, I I suggest it or I, I recommend it for everybody, but you too. I will. No, it's it's definitely on my. Uh my take care shopping lifts. Okay. Yes. Cool. Another thing I was going to say, when you're talking about your rock bottom, yeah. I don't know how it is for other people or other men maybe, but like for me, and this definitely inspired by movies, I think, but like there's almost this, I, I would romanticize like the loser or I would romanticize the drunk. Like... Oh God, yeah. Right? Like there's yeah. something like... oh, so The gambler. Romant- the gambler. Yeah, like... Uh, like um, somebody like just like uh, sleeping on the floor in a pillow, like just the bottle of booze next to him. I could just see it on the screen, and it's just like for some, it's it's almost like romantic and like cool in a bit, like to be that down. Or there's something like cool about like just suffering. I I, I don't know. And like um, I remember, have you seen the Last Boy Scout? Oh yeah, really, uh, I, I romanticize Bruce Willis's character like this loser, like just like pieces of like piece of shit, like. But he was so cool, you know, yeah. like, and like oh, he's the hero of that movie, you know. Um, so like, there, I remember growing up and like, do you like like comeback stories? Like in that two hours, do you like seeing the guy person down and like a Rocky type of thing? Or oh, do for you, sure, yeah. yeah. But like, but do you or do you also like them when they still stay? I also like that. Yeah, yeah like me too. I, I like sad endings. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. So, and I, I, I guess it speaks to something within us. But like, I, I, whatever, like. Especially when I was younger, my twenties, like drinking, I would buy like a bottle of Jack, and I'm just like, it's fine, it's cool, like you know, it's like that's yeah. what those guys did, you know, so it's fine. But like, it's it's not obviously it's not fine. No, um, that's that's <laughs> fiction. In reality, it's much different, and it's like not romantic, and it's just very. But that's yeah, I I, I, I didn't know if I was alone in that. But. Oh no, I well, I knew <laughs> I knew I uh, I um, you know had a problems. Uh, was even when I, I just looking at booze in the westerns, like in the old west, when they walk in and uh, open the saloon door, you know, I I would be focused on the booze, like yeah. you know how much they drink and mm. just the color of the scotch or bourbon, whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the scene could be going on and on. You're finding out everything. I'm just locked into. Oh my god, look at that bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> And the way they just chucked it down, the bartender would put the bottle there. Yeah. Oh, God, really? The, they, put, they put the bottle there? That must be so... I love the trust they had in the Old West. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they flipped the dude a loony. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was my... Oh, yeah. The Western. <laughs> Northwestern. Okay, Northwestern. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I'm coming up on a year and I... That's I, great, man. Yeah. I often wonder, well, you know, and... I, I'm like, is this forever? I, I don't know if, if it's forever. Probably should be. Um, 
because I'm like, well, maybe I can just do it for a year and then slip yeah. back into it and have a couple of drinks. I don't think I'll ever be a guy who can have a couple of drinks. I just don't think it's possible. Because um, once I have two, I just have to I have to keep going. Yeah. Maybe I've maybe that part that wanted to keep going that's somehow connected to other things and I've worked them out, but. Do you want to take that chance? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm afraid to like. Well, why test it? Like, why? I don't. Well, is your last year? I mean, the question you have to: yeah, Is this last year been really good, or has it been average, or you know, what's it done for you? That's a good question. Yeah, it's been good. I wouldn't say it's been exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, I think would booze have helped it? I think booze, most of all, would have hurt my relationship with my partner okay so i think that has been helped a lot by the quitting the booze so i guess yeah and that's yeah that's been that's been my main i think the main if if i wasn't dating courtney i don't think i would have definitely would i never would have stopped drinking but i think that once you're with somebody and it's more permanent and serious we're living together and like that it definitely highlights like your coping, your bad coping mechanisms yeah. and your bad behavior. And like, so yeah, that's been like, that's definitely sp- spurred uh, my quitting of drinking. Yeah, it, it's for me and my relationships, it's just seeing how uh, how happy people are for me it shows me how much I did hurt them. Mm. Yeah, when I see like, you know, my sister-in-law helped me out like a lot. Mm. Every time I'd relapse, I call her, yeah. you know, and I relapse a lot. You know, mm. even I will go to my meetings, I'd get these three-month chips, one-month chip, two-month chip. And uh, every time I'd, you know, the the, uh, the car console, the console in my car, like the, it was full of all these chips. It mm-hmm. looks like I just robbed a casino. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't get a year. I, and, yeah. uh, and every time I relapsed, so I'd call her up. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and because my older brother would just yell, he'd just mad and yell mm-hmm. at me, and she'd always just uh, take it easy. So when I see her, every time I just I see her eyes, and I just go, okay, this these are the re- this is like the, the main reason. Besides, you know, I want to take care of myself, but you know, when you can see it in their eyes how happy they are mm-hmm. for you, and mm-hmm. yeah, it makes it all worthwhile. If you can just even, you know, just. You know, and it, one individual besides yourself, yeah, it really makes it. You know, you, I actually have a proud of myself for the first time probably ever is is this quitting drinking and nice. and just being able to, um, you know, fulfill my life. I mean, you know, I've, I'm doing things besides yeah. just going to meetings. You know, I'm I'm really enjoying my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, and I, you know, I we all know you. I I know you in San Diego. We know you as this guy. He's like. Very funny, very like lively and and um, warm, gentle, and but also like biking every day, doing doing uh, improv, doing stand up. Um, but I'm guessing, like you know, you know, ten years ago, maybe that wasn't. <laughs> you're not doing anything. <laughs> I was barely standing up. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's um, you know the whole word journey i you know there's a lot of cliches and stuff like that and that you know i don't like using but it's um to find your true self i guess because i you know, i was always so envious of people who had normal lives mm. that was the thing i'd walk by and see people i'd be hung over i'd be walking by and just seeing people having a cup of coffee i was envious i was envious of everyone or jealous of everyone because i just didn't 
I didn't fulfill any of my um, dreams or gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, all my you know, I I gave up. I just didn't. I I didn't make. I couldn't get there. I just couldn't get there. And now it's just. Uh, I'm all. I'm relieved. I mean, I just. I can complain, but you know, deep down, I know I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can complain all I want, but I know at the end of the day, it's just like you know, no one gives a shit, Marty. I mean, mm-hmm. look what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Look at where you are right now. Yeah, I you know, I have a couple of cats. I got a small little studio in Pacific Beach, California. I have a nice little circle of twelve friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, after this, I got to drive up to Los Angeles. Take some classes with UCB, which mm. is a pretty cool uh, improv place up yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, you know, seriously, these are things I wouldn't even lie about in the bar stool thirty years ago. Yeah. I graduated from an American college. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, like, I didn't see this coming yeah. at all. So, yeah. yeah, I'm very, very fortunate. Yes, you are. Yeah, stop bragging so much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you know what? Well, let's let's take a journey back to. Okay. Um, Let's let's find out uh, what your 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 social DNA or your familial DNA. Uh, you you born in Van, Vancouver? Vancouver, yeah, uh, North Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah, yeah. You're the youngest. Yes. Of three. Uh, two older brothers. Yeah, there's yeah. three of us. Yeah, yes. so you got two older bros. Yes. Got a mom. Got a dad. Yes. What did your parents do? Uh, dad worked for uh, Merrill Lynch when I was growing up. That was he's a stockbroker. Uh, mm-hmm. Mom was uh, growing up was a uh, secretary for Crest Realty, and uh, yeah, it's normal little cul-de-sac world. Nice mm-hmm. house. Um, dad was a big jock. He was. Dad was actually a basketball player. He's a captain of the Olympic team. For Canada back in 1956, played against Bill Russell. Yeah, so it's pretty. He had a very cool story, and you know, um, he, I don't know if he's a celebrity, but amongst people knew my last name everywhere I went. Right. It, my, his peers, they all knew who Bob Burtwell was, which yeah. is you know kind of cool, I guess. But, yeah. But yeah, it, it, he was an interesting guy. I um, I was more of a mom's, definitely a mom. Mama's, Mama's boy. boy. Yeah, yeah, I was the youngest. And uh, yeah. yeah, the other two, Brian and Jeff, they were, um, yeah, their dad's side. Uh, yeah, it's, I was always softened by mom. I, mom, yeah, whatever she did, I was always with her. Yeah. Yeah. Like at parties, when they went to parties, I'd be sitting with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, getting their, I'd be getting their wine and stuff like that. Sure. I felt safe amongst uh, women. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, I was the same way. I was a mama's boy. Um, and, you know, the mom, I'm sure it, it's, it's both ways. Because, like, the, for some reason, you know, you're the baby. Your mom, for some reason, just babies the baby. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. Uh, quick side question. Is there, is there, like, is there some kind of Canadian, like, NBA? Uh, no, back then. Back no, then? Back in the 50s, there was not a, there was, like, a league. It wasn't professional, but it was very competitive. So the team my dad played for called the Vancouver Cloverleafs. They won like five national championships in a row. And yeah, he coached them. And he coached all the kids in my neighborhood and stuff like that. So he was, um, he's the only guy, he's the only, this is, this, this is my dad in a nutshell. He's the only guy I know who cut his own son from an all-star team. 
Is that you? <laughs> no, it's my older Your one. Brother? Yeah. He cut, the, yeah. <laughs> he cut my oldest hey, brother. He's got a reputation. Repu- I know. He, that's what I'm saying. But that that's that, that's Bob right there. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Not nice, my older brother. No. <laughs> Your dad cut you. I yeah. mean, enjoy. The- that's messed up. <laughs> enjoy. Hey, well, at least he's not being accused of favoritism exactly. or nepotism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, so so pretty big deal basketball wise. But back then, obviously, not enough to like. I played in the league for a few years. I'm set. You know, oh, no. he's like he's working as a stockbroker. Stockbroker, yeah. and uh, yeah, and then he he went on on his own business wise, and okay, yeah, cool. And, yeah. So growing up, so you're you're a mama's boy. You're <laughs> um um less of a jock, or like I mean, you definitely played, but like, well, I mean, you love sports, so I guess you were kind of a jock, but. Yeah. I was um yeah I was good I was pretty good athlete I was a good basketball player in high school and uh uh yeah baseball I played right up till I was about eighteen played a lot of soccer but it's why I as much as I, I this is why I found out in high school like you know the little league was great and stuff like that and um, what happened in high school was I really I really liked the theater like I really like I liked the high school plays I you know I love movies I mean mm-hmm. and my friends were all you know the, I hung up with the jocks and stuff like that because you know that's that's what I did yeah and I I always wanted to go to the theater world and mm-hmm. stuff like that but I just knew if I took the step into that world I would have been ridiculed and that was the first time I started to realize that I am a people pleaser and I don't do things for myself yeah yeah so you didn't Go for any plays or anything like that? I, I took grade 10 drama. And I did uh, grade 11 drama. And I didn't do any of the plays because I didn't want to... Yeah. Get roasted, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to get roasted. Yeah. So did you... So your older brother is more your dad's... Like yeah. they kind of... You know, and then you were your mom. So did you feel... Um, was it like, did you feel different? Or like, did you feel like a chasm between your brothers? Like, like yeah. how was your relationship with your brother's going up uh well well this one uh is five years and then three years is the so it was my parents got divorced when um uh yeah there that was tough when because my brothers had just moved out so for like i was in uh, 10th grade and they moved out as soon as they could because you know there's a lot of turmoil in my in my uh you know in the in the household so as soon as they could, they got out, and I had to. It was tough for me because the last three years w- was when they're really, you know, is what are you doing this? Like, why don't you just, you know, leave? Because you're not happy together. Obviously, it was an awful place to be. Uh, my dad was drinking a lot. He'd come to my games drunk, and that was just uh, that was tough. Mm. It got to a point where my mom knew how I, you know, I just, you know, I had my worst games. I just knew he'd be there. He'd be yelling shit, and. It got to the point where my mom would lie and say he's playing at a different gym, so my dad would come home drunk and he'd drive up to another gym so I could have a good game. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and then, of course, when my dad would get home, but she, that's how much she protected me. Is, yeah. Yeah, now, you know. Um, my brothers didn't see that, though. That's the thing. They didn't come home, so I grew apart from them. I was pissed off at them because they didn't come back and support me, didn't support uh, my mom. Because uh, my dad was being a dick, and you know it's just the end of a marriage, yeah. and the last three years were off. And they now they tell me, or you know later on they tell me that, 
well, we didn't want you to be the only person coming from a divorced family in your graduating class. I said, really? That's why you did it? I mean, God. Your parents said that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because, you know, divorce was not happening. Uh, yeah. You know, PC is still worrying about the Joneses type of thing. Yeah. So how young, like how early on do you remember like, and, and then the turmoil, and then describe what that means, turmoil in the house. Oh, turmoil was uh, just dad, the, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. His temper? Or, temper, yeah. yeah. Temper, like, you know, throwing, yeah. It, and, and, he, and upsetting mom. So, I mean, I was the mummy's boy. So, mm-hmm. anything that upset her, you know, really upset yeah. me as well. And I just, you know, I just had enough of it, I guess. And yeah. so had she. So, we... Um, yeah, she, as soon as I graduated when I was 18, we... They divorced. Yeah, they got divorced. Now, now, was that like your entire childhood or like, do you remember like getting really bad, like when you were like 10 or 15 or... It was, it was, the more aware you are, uh, yeah, you see things. I mean, like you, yeah. you, and, the, and then you step back, at least I stepped back and, and just, uh, you know, looked at my mom and what she was going through mm-hmm. and, uh... And, you know, and the other two, uh, you know, they're more, as I said, like, you know, dad's side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to happen because I'd go to my friends' places I don't, and you know, they weren't putting on an act. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, they, uh, yeah, my, my household was definitely different. Yeah. But the tough part was that they would say, oh, dad, you know, Bob's a great guy. He's my coach and stuff like that. And then like, you know, yeah, he is a, you know, he is that, but he's also this. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's not Bob. Yeah. So yeah, it was tough. Yeah. He cut, he cut your brother. He's a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, looking back, what do you think was your dad's deal? Like, I think he had a tough, really tough uh, upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. He was, a, had a single, he was raised uh, in downtown Vancouver at, um, at a time where, you know, he had, he was raised by a single mom mm. and not, never seen a picture of her. She's a, um, obese, uh, never left the house. My mom, my mom met her once, mm. once she's never, and wow. yeah, he had a really tough, uh, he had a tough upbringing mm. and I, a lot of these things I don't, I didn't learn until, you know, after the fact I might, I don't know if I would change my outlook on how I felt or feel about him, but yeah, yeah it was, um, that's tough, man. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, um, a tale as old as, human beings like yeah, you have is. a shitty parent or two and then like in turn they just pass it on and pass it on yeah. and like you know nobody gets help and so it's just like a family curse it is yeah you're right though but nobody gets help yeah and it's always because uh, to me it's always you know we don't need help yeah we deal with this as a family right oh yeah well <laughs> yeah how's that working out so right. far yeah which is why i encourage everybody to go to therapy yeah uh, okay, so turmoil in the house. You graduate, your parents divorce. So, what happens after high school? Like, what's your life for the next? You know, after uh, after high school, what's, after, your, what's your what's your life? What's your, what are you doing after high school? I'm living with my mom. Uh, we have a little apartment. Um, I start working in the restaurant business. I saw, I'm a busboy at a place called the Cannery Restaurant, and that's where you know that's when 
ooh, I'm no longer living in the suburb because I'm doing everything downtown now, which mm-hmm. is a pretty big deal, like the, the shiny lights and stuff like that, going to clubs. and Because mm-hmm. uh, 19 is the drinking age mm-hmm. in Canada, not mm-hmm. 21 like it is here. Okay. And Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I felt a groove. I, um, I was hanging out with like, uh, older people. Yeah. Uh, I was a busboy who enjoyed, you know, I didn't want to go home, you know, <laughs> so let's do this so yeah. yeah that was just a nice little starter kit and mm-hmm. and did uh, you like have an idea of okay i want to do this with my life like was college ever in the mix or was it just like this is the kind of career i want to go or was it just like i'm playing this by ear and just oh it? yeah i'm playing it by ear and yeah. what happened was i uh did some skits at a Christmas show at uh, our Christmas party. I'm like, God, that was fun. And I'd wrote them and stuff like that. And people were like, you know, God, you're, you should be doing something besides busting tails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what I did was I, um, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 22 years old. You moved to Los yeah, Angeles? Yeah, September. Oh. Yeah, I, I went to like, you know, um, look at the back of a book match uh, acting school yeah <laughs> so yeah really i can do this so yeah. i moved down blindly yeah and i st- lasted four months yeah. uh, i ended up going to the school for about a month and then i parked cars for the remaining three months and then i came back by christmas how were you in that when that happened 21 so what ha- what, ha- what happened why did it why did it why was it so, so short-lived because i went down with no money mm. and just thought you know i i got uh, sucked into my um of the butch of the book of the uh book of matches i think yeah. I, I, I just thought that you know this is where dreams come true and you don't have to put any work in and you did a good you did a couple of good skits at a, skits at a christmas party <laughs> and it was like an acting school you <laughs> it said it was an acting school yeah so it was like did you finish i guess you didn't finish the no, didn't acting finish. program yeah nah. but did you like it or was it oh i loved it yeah oh i loved it yeah yeah you, no, just, I, couldn't, you just couldn't afford it i couldn't afford it and but the bug was i went oh man Jeez, God, why didn't I do this like eight years ago? Like, yeah. yeah, that's when all that came back. You know, why, you know, the curse of playing sports. Yeah. I should be doing this a long time ago. Yeah. But, yeah. Nice. So you go back to Canada. Yes. Tail between your legs. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's, of course. Shame upon the Burtwell name. <laughs> <laughs> With frosted highlights, though. Hey, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah frosted uh, highlights? At least I can probably. You had hair? I had full head of hair. Oh, dang. Yeah. There's a for, there's a great picture of you. Probably I think it's on Facebook, right? With like your suspenders. You had a party. You have a nice head of hair. It's really good stuff. Yeah, it is. Um, My Depeche Mode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you go back to to good old Vancouver. Um, uh, twenty one. So then, what happens then? Uh, then I they gave me my job back at the restaurant. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then I started. Uh, Waiting tables, which is more money, which meant better partying and a lot of partying. And uh, then I did a, a an open mic, or as they say in Canada, an amateur night at mm-hmm. a place called Punchlines Comedy Club. Mm. Uh, a lot of people actually come came. You know, Ryan Stells from Whose Line Is It Anyways, oh, Colin nice. Mockery, a lot of these guys nice. were uh, Ian Bag, who's a great stand up. Yeah, so it was. Um, it's a good club, yeah. And I did amateur night and uh, did a few more, a few more, and it started to go pretty good. And then I, uh, yeah, I quit my job and started doing that. Started doing stand up full started time. Stand up full time. With that said, I also uh, met a girl that particular time we moved in together, so that afforded me to do the stand up. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't good enough to go full time, but she was very, you know, she had made a good living, and she wanted me to fulfill my dreams and sugar mama. 
Yeah, sugar mama. That's what we call it in the States. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So this was like what, mid-20s? Yeah, it's 26. Okay, cool. Yeah. So who's this girl? Tell me about her. Brenda I've, Lightfoot. Great Brenda Lightfoot. Lightfoot. Yeah, Brenda Lightfoot. It's like, is she Native American? No, she's not. Oh. No. That's a very Native American sounding name. It does. Yeah. A lot of people say that. But, you know, Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, yeah. So that's why, that, that was always my rebuttal. Yeah. Oh, is she Native? No, she's... Uh, Gordon Lightfoot. You know, Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, I yeah. I know that name. Is he an athlete? No, he's a sundown, you better the... Okay. I forget, I, I, I forget how young he was. I know. <laughs> I know the name, though, but it's like... He's it, a, like a folk singer. Okay, cool. So, uh, what's her name, Brenda? Brenda, yeah. Lightfoot, we, you no. met her, uh, she, romantic yes. relationship? Yes. Okay. We lived together uh, for, I guess, about a year. Um, Where'd you meet her, out in the club scene? No, I met her actually through doing stand-up. Her, her best friend was uh, the box office girl at mm-hmm. one of the comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. So, I met her through there. So, and, you slept with the box office girl, of course, and then... No, no, oh, no, 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 no. What kind of stand-up are you? <laughs> you got to bang no. the box office girl. <laughs> I didn't read that part. Uh, so, you met her through her yeah. and then, uh, like, hit it, like... Yeah, within about two months, we just moved in together. It was oh. good. Yeah. She's the, uh, younger than I was, and uh, she had a job at Safeway, and she thought it was funny, and... Was, yeah, and, you, you and were, then you were attracted to her right away. Absolutely, it, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've never been uh, like she's probably my first like real girlfriend. Like mm-hmm. obviously, you know, dates and stuff like that. But yeah, she, I, I still to this day I think if someone is attracted to me, I'm going to be attracted to them. <laughs> that's, that's an attitude for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, especially like, us, us, in, us sensitive mamas, boys, insecure types. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, like I'm, I'm still shocked. Right. Like I'm shocked. Like my my first girlfriend, uh, and I was like 14, was a girl, and I don't think she's listening, so it's fine. Like I, I didn't really think she was attractive, but like people was like, "Hey, this girl likes you," and I was like, "Really?" And then I, you know, I looked at, you know, and I was like, "Okay." And then like after like five seconds, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I like her a lot." But it's just like. I wouldn't have been attracted to her before, but just the fact that she likes you, you're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I can make this work. I don't know yeah. how, but... <laughs> I think I'm in love with this girl now. <laughs> She's stunning. Yeah. She's a goddess. Um, so, yeah, I, I get that. So, but she she was into you, you were into her. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just uh, all of a sudden, you know, back to the drinking. Yeah, and uh, yeah. That, that ruined that. And... Uh, Still friends, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I still cheer her on. She wanted to have kids and stuff like that. You know, I, I thought that was... When that ended, because I really thought uh, we were going to have kids and stuff like that. And, you know, and then I went to the old, well, hey, you know what you're, so, you're getting yourself into? I mean, I had beers on our first... You know, that mentality, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Uh, I'm just so glad that... She, I'm genuinely glad now. I mean, back then I wasn't. I was uh, jealous and bitter mm-hmm. that she found uh, happiness. Oh, but yeah. now uh, she has kids, yeah. and I'm thankful that she, you know, whenever she's in town, her kid does uh, martial arts, is really good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, she invites me. I'm out mm-hmm. to sit with her, meet her kids. Yeah. You know, so it's it's nice to have that. Nice. Yeah, it's just another one of those good things that I don't think I was ever a dick. I just think alcohol just made me not fulfill who I was. Yeah. Yeah. And people, I, was, I disappointed people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you drank a lot. Yeah. And that was the root of, so like, 
what do you think specifically it was that, you know, ended the relationship? Like, were you aloof? Were you mean? Were you, you said you weren't a dick, but like, what, what is it about the drinking that split you guys up? Um, well, I just uh, became selfish and, you know, I chose uh, going out with people rather than coming home to her. Mm. And that's, it got to, okay. I, you know, and the thing is, um, you know, I wasn't bringing in a lot of money. I was spending her money too, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I look back at now. I mean, everything, I was, you know, she just set me up and we, I got to drive around in this Jeep, brand new Jeep she had bought. I mean, I was, and I just took advantage of, uh, you know, selfishness. Mm-hmm. You know, it got to a point where I'd go out, like, uh, I'd play baseball mm-hmm. at nighttime, like, uh, different teams and stuff like that. It got to the point where I uh, had this brand new baseball mitt, and uh, I came home one afternoon, ready, getting ready, and I go get my mitt. She cut up the whole cloth. <laughs> <laughs> she cut mad. it up. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> I, I can extrapolate a whole thing from that. Yeah. Um, that's funny. That's great. That's good stuff. That is very good. So, how long did you date? Uh, I guess about three years altogether. Damn, three years. Yeah, but we lived together. But after we broke up, we still kind of saw each other. I mean, she still thought she still had hope. Held on. She still had hope because I, you know, I have my pockets of sobriety, and yeah. just I just didn't, I just uh, didn't believe in AA, and yeah. that seemed to be the only way to get sober. And yeah. my mom, uh, I think my AA thing was because I. Um, my mom went to AA at the same time when she was going through the divorce when I was 18. But also at that exact same time because she was very lonely and she didn't want to hang out with her friends anymore. Because our she's kind of cut off from her old friends because they were married to my dad's friends. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it was back then, <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. So she went to church. She never We weren't a church-going family. And uh, you know, became born again, and mm. and I coincided because I saw this drastic change in her as well, mm-hmm. and uh, so I coincided uh, born again Christianity with AA, and I wasn't big on the the Christianity part, so I, that's why I think I shied away from Alcoholics Anonymous. So when your mom became born again, mm-hmm. did you like the new person that she was? Oh God, no, no, no. It was, yeah, 180. Just like, was it classic, like, uh, overzealous, yeah. judgmental, maybe? or Absolutely, yeah. 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 It's, weir- it's weird. You know, I sort of went through that, too. Like, um, I said before, I think, uh, I grew up... With Catholic- one of your parents? No, no, no. no. J- just the becoming super... I-, I-, I became sort of a born-again type of person myself in college. I um, grew up Catholic, was, you know... I believed, but like wasn't super. And then college coinciding with like being in a, it's, it's a nice thing to step into when you're really down or like, so college is when my depression set in. I didn't know what it was, Mm -hmm. but also I was just like in this new place. I felt very alone. I felt very cut off and like lost and then stepped into this Christian group on campus. And like, it's easy. Like it, it takes care of a lot of your problems. All the things like, I, I, I don't, I'm sure this book's about the psychology of it, of religion and how it like, it's good. It's a, just a, a, just a very convenient, really good thing for broken people or sad people or lost people. Um, but then once you 
buy in, it takes care of all your problems, but then like you really buy in yeah. and you really believe. And then that comes with it, you know, this overzealous attitude, this judgmental attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you, you, you take in all that. So I've been there. I understand it. Um, yeah. It's, so in a way, it's good for your mom to find something that, 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 that like helps her. Oh, she was, I mean, yeah, she was happy. She had a glow about her. I yeah. Mean, absolutely. She had a, you know, the pink cloud, as they say. Yeah. The thing is about her and the AA thing is that she was not an alcoholic. I mean, she just wanted to find people mm-hmm. to hang with. I yeah. mean, like she was not an alcoholic. Yeah. And that was, uh, uh, so she was doing both these things at the same time. Yeah. That's where I get my confusion about the Christianity and, uh, and AA, but uh, yeah, I didn't know. Like, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, she wasn't a good hang. Yeah. <laughs> Let's kill now, mom. Yeah, 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 she was not a good hang. But yeah, uh, yeah is she? Um, she did what she had to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, who am I to? Because I saw what she went through for like you know yeah. the last, past fifteen years. Do yeah. whatever you can, mom. Now, was she involved heavily with the church like the rest of her life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And AA as well. She still had her sponsor and stuff like that. She had 30 years of sobriety, but uh, nice. you know, she had the uh, glass of wine, so it's just weird. <laughs> it's just really weird. She, she would have a glass of wine every now and again? Oh, no. she never. But she only had a like, glass oh, of before. wine every so, yeah, she so never. She was never an alcoholic. Really. No, she was never. Because you know, yeah. she felt silly sometimes. Yeah. And embarrassed. But yeah. I mean, she was never like, you know, like yeah. me. <laughs> right. Mom, you call yourself an alcoholic? Hey, hold my beer. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you know? yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, I, I guess there is something for, um, I'm sure it uh, helps her, like, just being in a house, married to an alcoholic, I'm sure, you know. Yeah. So. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, now, you said this girl also was your uh, first, like, real girlfriend. Yes. So, why do you think you didn't have your first real girlfriend until the ripe age of 26, which isn't, like you know super like odd or anything mm. i've had audrey she didn't have a boyfriend until she was like 23 or something but yeah. uh for you why do you think it it was before you had a, that serious of a girlfriend um <clears throat> i think uh interest level um yeah in high school i was still like so i was lost and you know i just uh Again, like, you know, I, I didn't want to reveal, you know, I didn't want to open up to anyone. You know, I just, I never thought I was like uh, interesting or good enough. And I didn't want, you know, I I thought eventually I'm going to let you down. So why even start in the first place? Mm. Yeah, that was always a mindset. I think that uh, was, um, yeah, I don't want to, I never wanted to hurt people. Um yeah, I because I, I think the relationship I saw at home, I just thought eventually it's going to turn out to be that every relationship mm-hmm. would be mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so why why do I even want to go into the starting blocks if I know what the finish line is going to look like? Mm-hmm. So I'm still like that in a way that I um, you know I I just never been in relationships mm. and I and you know I. Most of my friends, you know, good friends are uh, all the most of the uh, people who are really important and have relationships and I can open up with and actually be my true self to are women. So it's just, uh, 
I'm a strange fellow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're a unique man. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. But this was, now do you think this was an exception because like was, was the girl like the more the initiator or like, why was it different for like, why did it all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to take this leap. Oh, I see. Um, with Brenda Lightfoot. With Brenda Lightfoot is because I, I, uh, yeah, she, well, uh, it was, I found out through her friend that she liked me. And that's, and again, like I had to be, I had to be accepted before I could, uh, you know, make a move. Yeah. You know, I couldn't go, I, to this day, you know, I just will never, you know, yeah. ask anyone for their number. I'll never do that. Cause yeah. I just, I don't like getting in people, you know, especially a women's space. I just don't, yeah. I don't think it's my part to do that. Sure. I'm not a player. Yeah. I, oh, I'm not a player. Not a player. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I get that. All right. So, uh, date for three years, uh, break up. So then you're 29 or 30 almost, 30-ish, right? Yeah. yeah. 30. So, what are, so what are your 30s about? 30s, What's going on? 30, a uh, friend of mine, actually the buddy who I uh, became uh, my best friend growing up, the guy who's in Arizona mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. He, had, excuse me, his um, first marriage had just ended. So we lived together. And uh, we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That was fun. The 30s were good. Yeah. yeah 30s were good until he uh, <laughs> he found a relationship, uh, the girl that he eventually married. And then, you know, is again, you know, I, uh, you know, I need, I always need someone. As soon as someone leaves my life, it seems that's when I go back to a bar stool. Mm-hmm. Or, and I, you know, that's when I first started going to AA was when I was 32, 33. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, that's where the chips started to pile up, you know, I, for uh, hit and miss. I was working at a really good restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had good people in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed my 30s. 30s were fun. Um, always in the back of my head, though, I was never fulfilling what I wanted to do. So you were... I was doing stand-up. I was doing... Yeah, you know, I wasn't... I think at that time I was doing stand up just for the sake of saying that I did stand up comedy instead of like really working at it as like a, you know as an art going mm-hmm. out there grinding my ass out. Mm-hmm. I always hated bombing, so I always had my like safe little seven eight minutes which mm-hmm. I could go to every time. But I never stepped out of um, my safe zone and mm-hmm. started experimenting yeah. and doing more stuff that I knew was inside of me. And because um, I hated bombing, because again, it goes back to not being accepted and by uh, people I don't even see or don't even know. Mm-hmm. I mean, who gives a shit what yeah. they think? But now nah, I had to people please, all, you know, a bunch yeah. of strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that comes from? People pleasing? Yeah. Um, I think if you make people happy, I think it's a moment thing. Like it's back to like the. That particular moment, it's like having my first drink, that moment everything's cool and settled if I make them happy. If I make other people happy, I think it's going to take care of myself, but it just goes the complete opposite. Yeah, but why, why do you think, where do you think that mindset comes from? Um, How did it develop? Or mm, you born with it? or did it... I think I was born with it because I've always been like that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Maybe a little bit. Maybe you're disposed, but... I think. I don't, well, you, I, tell I, me what you think, because I, I think growing up with an alcoholic father mm-hmm. teaches you to become hyper aware. I'm not a psychologist, so it's not, nothing I'm saying is everything I'm saying is bullshit. No, but I want because I've never really. Well, I've, I always think about it, but I don't know where it actually is. I think growing up with an alcoholic parent sometimes makes you, certain people like 
you take on responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I think having your dad makes you like want to please him or just appease him or not piss him off maybe. Not piss him off, definitely. That's where I, I think that thing is definitely like extra. not piss him off, yeah. Yeah, like so you, you, having that thing of like I don't want to piss him off is, is sort of translates into like people pleasing um, because you're having to be super aware of what you're doing and there's a little bit of fear there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of eggshells definitely. When, yeah, I knew what <clears throat> would set him off so we knew, you know, yeah, don't go near that. Don't set, yeah, don't right. like that fuse. So you're uh, like, you're not free to... Oh, not free at all. To express yourself, to express your emotions, to just be a kid, to be a person. Yeah. You're having to limit yourself. So I think like, yeah, I think that translates a little bit to like, I don't have permission to do this. I don't have permission to just be free. I don't have, like, I need to please you because I don't want to piss you off. I don't want to make you upset at, at me. Um, That's it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I've always edited myself, like, big on editing. What's, yeah. Like, what is actually in my mind is usually not going to be coming out of my mouth. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just for, yeah, that's very interesting because I, that absolutely makes sense. <laughs> I think, I th- but no. I don't know. But, um, yeah, because I, I mean, p- people, I, I do believe a little bit of nature, or I think maybe people are born a little bit disposed. Maybe I'm more predisposed to this or that. But I think what happens in your childhood, what happens growing up, definitely nudges you and does it one way or the other, you know? Um, so that's what I think. But um, um, I'll bill you later for that for that session. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was wondering why I'm lying on this couch. <laughs> yeah. 